Hello guys, welcome to Cat's Hub Central and I am your host, Cat. Happy Monday and happy new month. It's exciting, right? To have the privilege to see yet another month. I feel nothing but gratitude right now because I know that a lot is happening around the world and to be able to be of sane mind and to be able to be healthy is nothing short of a blessing. Today, we are going to just briefly discuss how to live more by being less involved. That, I believe, is a key to inner peace and happiness. Let's talk about JOMO and FOMO. I am talking about the joy of missing out and the fear of missing out. <laughs> Dr. Kristen Fuller, a physician and clinical mental health writer, defined JOMO as the process of being present and being content with where you are at in life. And I believe nature sets a beautiful example of what that means to be happy with where you are. No matter what happens or no matter what is happening, the sun always rises and sets at its rhythm every other day. A lot of the times, the things happening around us influence or take us away from the present moments that are precious. Things such as social media or technology, they take us to a place where physically we are present, but mentally in absentia. So let's pause for a moment and think about why an ability to disconnect is important or significant. We live in a wired world. Many of us, and I'm speaking about myself too, I experience an information overload. I constantly get distracted by notifications and real-time news. And that leaves me more overwhelmed and anxious. And I know it happens to a lot of us. When we become less involved in the chaos, we are allowed to reconnect with ourselves and to give us or to give ourselves a sense of authentic living. I spend a considerable amount of time on Google consuming information, news, trying to find out what's happening around the world. And it takes quite a while to be able to read up on a lot of other things I'm also interested to learn a little more about. By the time I'm done with researches and all of that, I feel heavy because there's so many things happening. There's so much to consume, so little time, so much to do. Getting overwhelmed is something that happens to a lot of us on a daily. So we need to be able to retract from all of that, to disconnect and get back in touch with ourselves, with our authentic selves. The impact of communication technology and how it's shaping our lives is something I think about regularly. The rise in social and psychological problems is what has come up from communication technologies. In 1918, the impact of electricity and industrialization 
began to be questioned because there seemed to be a connection between electricity and mental health problems. I am somebody so much interested in mental health issues and there is so much to consume on the internet. So I'll share just a bit of statistics I got to find. In the 1950s, 106 mental health disorders are listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, in brackets, DSM. In the computing revolution, the DSM lists about 265 mental disorders. Remember in the 1950s was 106. So that has shot up to 265. In 1994, 297 mental disorders were listed and the numbers continue to increase. Now, in volume 262, according to psychiatry research, where they were studying smartphone use in the psychopathology-related constructs of a non-clinical sample, they found that problematic social media use is relative to the fear of missing out, or FOMO. FOMO is a very commonly used term <laughs> in the social circles you know and as i said it stands for the fear of missing out the opposite of that is jomo the joy of missing out and the cambridge english dictionary defines formal as open quote a worried feeling that you may miss exciting events that other people are going to especially caused by things you see on social media end of quote when i used to work in diaspora i suffered from fomo <laughs> a lot of the times i would be going to work and guys are going to, to you know they're going out to socialize and do all these kind of things and part of me felt like you know i was at a loss i was at a loss because i want to be there but then i have to work I have to make the money. I have to get the moolah. So we would keep in touch. We would chat and I'd be sent videos and pictures. And you know, that makes it worse because you now even want to, you know, almost get sick so that you can go and attend some of these functions. However, I am also somebody who enjoys a lot of time by myself and I am not... I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert per se. So there was a big clash of my personality, which is a bit withdrawn, you know, I'm my own kind of person. And then vis-a-vis -vis all these nice things happening outside of the scope of work, in the personal life that I also would like to participate in. FOMO is ubiquitous, especially for these younger generations. And regardless of age and where you are on this journey, let's look at how you can let go of the thoughts and feelings of what we are missing out on and gently enjoy where we are. In short, let us share five tips to turn FOMO into JOMO. And remember, FOMO is reversible. 
shift your focus from FOMO and embrace JOMO. Five things. Do not compare yourself to others. We are all unique. We are in different situations. Those that compare their accomplishments, experiences, situations with others are more likely to experience psychological pain. So instead, try this. Every other day, please learn to write down three to five things you are grateful for. Make it a daily ritual. The second thing is increase non-screen time. And I'm going to be honest. I struggle. And one of the reasons I'm struggling is I am trying to practice not being on my phone at least two hours before my bedtime. And it's not easy. And especially when I have so much on my mind and I'm trying to put my mind to rest, but there's all these other tiny little thoughts, curiosity is running, and I need to quickly go to Google and check them out. And then I find I've just grabbed my phone and I'm back on Google. And I'd set a timeline that, you know, I'm going to be sleeping at midnight. So by 10 o'clock, I'm not going to touch my phone. So it's a work in progress, but I'm still practicing that regularly. And I know I'm going to make it. I read an article where a psychiatrist was recommending trimming the use of screen-based activities to not exceed 45 minutes a day. That's very ideal, but that's not very relatable to most of us, especially if a lot of your work happens on your mobile phone, on your iPad, it becomes really difficult to do 45 minutes a day. Set a timeline that's realistic for you. On my iPad, I have set a time for my non-screen. So, and if I have to be on screen for about an hour, I take at least 10, five to 10 minute, minute breaks so that I'm able to just, you know, consume and make time also to just reflect on whatever it is that I'm doing. Increase the physical activities and take short breaks every now and then. For example, every time I'm reading for about two hours, before bed or early morning because those are my favorite times to read so say morning around five to six or if i wake up at nine o'clock before i get out of bed at least i have to read for about half an hour with two to three minute breaks so the longer the time i take to read the longer the break times in between substitute the off-screen time with activities off your phone or off your screen and screens is tvs your mobile phone is your tablet is whatever do other things in the meantime, yeah? Because if you stay idle, then definitely you're going to get back to your phone. I do this a lot of the times. Due to the social media exhaustion, there are times I randomly just go off and I do not check my messages. I don't go to WhatsApp. I don't go to Instagram. I don't go to Facebook. I don't go to YouTube. I don't go to TikTok. Any of those media, even my emails, and that is very intentional. I take that time to spend it with me, do other things, connect with my, my loved ones, my family, my people, my friends, off the gadgets. Third, connect with your surroundings. I love taking walks, especially in the evening with my loved ones. If they are available, if they're not, I do it alone. Whether you live in a city or a suburb, 
always take a moment to pause and stay grounded with where you are. I like to also listen to guided meditations and I guide meditations too. At least I'm learning to and I'm hoping to get better with time. It helps you to just connect with the nearby surroundings. Stay close to the heart of nature. For example, if you live up country, there's the birds chirping, wind blowing. It ends your day refreshed and fulfilled. That's one of the other very, very nice things I would encourage you to also try if you haven't started or if you don't do that already. Set boundaries and follow with action. Boundaries for me are personal limits and needs that I need to set to protect my well-being. It's important. You cannot just not have boundaries. Suppose you experience being undervalued or feeling undervalued. That signifies that the line somewhere has been crossed and boundaries are therefore necessary. So you need to set boundaries, stick to them and do not compromise. And the final one, embrace the joy of missing out, like learning a new skill, which will need practice and repetition. Practice makes progress. And let me tell you about my first meditation session. That's a whole long story, but I'm just going to cut to the chase. My first meditation session was a mess. I wasn't able to distract or to just stop my mind from all these thoughts that were running through it. And one of the things I remember that crossed my mind maybe a minute or two later into the meditation was me wondering whether I left a cup on the sink. And that totally took me away from the meditation session. So once we were done, the the lady that was guiding us, I think had noticed and she talked to me about it and I told her. So what she told me to do was every time I get home from work, I set aside three to five minutes to sit in silence. Do not do anything else. Find a comfortable place, silence your phone. You know, if it's a dark room, if you want to put on some light, if you want to put on some background music, anything that feels serene and sit there in silence. Try not to think of anything for three to five minutes. My dear friends, I did it frustrated. I did it discouraged. Sometimes I would break down and cry because I wondered whether I'd be able to hack emptying my mind of its thoughts. But guess what? I did. So practice makes progress. I have heard of practice makes perfect. From my point of view, progress is realistic, but perfection is ideal. Being content with yourself requires acceptance that you, that I, that we as humans are imperfect. And that itself is a beauty. We need to embrace that we are, we are not necessarily the best. We are not necessarily perfect and it's okay. The concept of jomo or the joy of missing out reminds us to look within instead of outward. Amidst all this chaos happening in the world, it's not about the noisy world, but it is in your mind. You can be in a busy situation, but feel at peace. Or you can be in a quiet space, but your mind is full fully occupied. The key to happiness, my dear friends, lies in Jomo, not 
FOMO. So make your choice for your own well-being and create a healthy relationship with technology. So welcome to Jomo and have a wonderful life. Thank you guys for listening. I wish you a fantastic month. Goodbye. Hello guys. Welcome to Cat's Hub Central and I am your host Cat. In today's session, I'd like us to talk a bit about how to control our anger. And what is anger? It's that very strong feeling of displeasure, of being annoyed at something that's done to you by somebody else, by a party, by a group of people. But it's that feeling where you are extremely annoyed because of probably an insult, an injury, or an injustice committed towards you. And when you're angry, several things happen physically, emotionally, and behavior-wise. You're going to easily, or somebody else can easily tell that you actually are angry. Let's start with the physical. When you're angry, how does your body feel? You feel muscle tension. There will be rapid heartbeat. You will clench your jaw. There's shallow breathing. You're sweating. There's a dry mouth. Or you'll instantly just develop a headache. Some of us shake. I actually am one of those people who shake when I'm angry. It's very rare that I'll get angry. I try to keep it in check. But a lot of the times when I'm not able to control it, and depending on how triggered I am by whatever has happened, I immediately begin to shake. (laughs) Yes, but I'm one of the shakers, so to say. Then the emotional signs, you start feeling irritable, you get annoyed, you're confused. Sometimes you feel numb, hurt, you're afraid, you feel helpless, you feel sad, you're embarrassed. You start taking things personally. You easily get offended. And you feel taken advantage of. Behavior-wise, you might decide to do several things when you're angry. A lot of which are under your control, but depending again on what's been done to you or what triggers you, then you might find yourself doing things you probably wouldn't expect to do. You'll be pacing up and down. Take a beer open and start drinking it. You light up and start smoking or use other substances. You'll start swearing. You'll start hitting and throwing things around or at people, slamming doors, all that kind of thing. It's projection from the anger. And I'll say this, anger is a very valid emotion. The only thing that makes it bad is when it takes control of you and makes you do things you would otherwise never imagine doing. So it's okay to feel angry. But what you choose to do with the anger is what matters. We need to feel it, we need to process it, but we also need to be very careful what we do with the anger inside of us. Think about or picture an iceberg, which is a large piece of ice that's found floating in the open ocean. What you see on the surface 
is misleading or can be misleading because most of the iceberg is actually hidden below the water and that's how anger works often when we're angry there are other emotions hidden under the surface so i compare anger to the iceberg still waters run deep so whatever happens on the upper side is just a fraction of what's going on below the surface it's embarrassment it's feeling scared it's grieving it's the feeling of being overwhelmed shame feeling tricked feeling frustrated distrustful feeling attacked and trapped feeling guilty trauma getting annoyed feeling disrespected disappointed uncomfortable having thoughts of regret or feelings of regret depression disgust grumpiness stress rejection nervousness helplessness anxiousness exhaustion unsure about a lot of things you're envious you feel lonely offended insecure you're hurt you're worried and so on and so forth are you the kind of person who likes to just go mute when you get angry let me tell you something expressing your anger is a very good thing and we all have different ways in which we express how we feel inside holding it within yourself sometimes doesn't help personally at one point in my life i felt like when i'm angry and i go quiet it's it's much better but what actually goes on on the inside is the same situation of the iceberg i was talking about you appear calm to people but what's going on inside of you can literally blow up into a big volcano and you overthink a lot also when you hold these feelings inside your anger will help you to say no to the things you don't want to do listen firmly but kindly when you hold on to your anger sometimes you feel sick because you'll be overthinking half the time so you will or you might develop psychological and physical illnesses that are mostly related to what's going on inside you every episode of anger teaches you a lesson or two that you can turn that anger into a passion which will carry you towards your goals the other thing is these negative emotions they are part of our human experience we cannot avoid them absolutely i said earlier that anger is a valid emotion so we are supposed to feel these negative emotions because sometimes they propel us to take action so we need to as humans experience this and once we feel the emotions then we're able to act upon them we'll be able to become better people when we can decide how we're going to deal with our episodes of anger so these are some of the reasons i feel expressing anger is a good thing how do we control how do we master emotional control so that it will save us the pain in the future and i'm going to share a very practical example during the oscars we saw an unfortunate display of a man's and control anger i'm talking about will smith he failed to take control despite the emotions that he was feeling and he suffered the consequences of an act that felt like a smack in the face as human beings 
we struggle a lot with our emotions and it's since the dawn of time and the reason we struggle is because sometimes we do not understand how emotions work so the first step to managing our emotions is in trying to understand them i saw a life-changing quote on instagram a while back your feelings reflect your thoughts if you think of a sad thought you will feel the emotional experience of that sad thought and you can try it if you'd like think of something sad that is very close to your heart you start feeling sadness a heaviness in the chest and that's the feeling we're talking about so thoughts are feelings they are two sides of one coin going back to chris rock at the oscars when he made the joke will envisioned the injustice of this joke in his mind he had his own interpretation of that joke that chris rock made it's always the interpretation that is created in our thoughts will's thought at that moment before he ran on the stage was probably something like chris just made me look small in public he needs to be punished and without thinking twice about it he stood up went to the stage and created that physical response that that we saw it was pure rage and that rage is what fed, fed into his decision to hit chris rock live on television the problem here was that will took his own thinking too seriously and made him to make that mistake and this is why we get into trouble when we buy into the validity of our thoughts and the feelings created by the thoughts then i mean that is definitely bound to happen and we cannot forget that thoughts are mere approximations they are self created they are lies because we create them in our minds we convince ourselves that this is what this person meant we create tremendous suffering for ourselves by living in our own constructed realities that others do not share i believe chris rock probably had a way this joke was supposed to be but from the way will translated it interpreted it in his mind then made him react the way he did emotions are simply indications of the state of our minds at that moment whenever you feel angry just remember that it means you're holding on to an angry thought if you feel low your body is telling you to quit thinking like this get out be assertive what chris rock said may have been disrespectful if will smith slowed down and seen that he was a victim of his thoughts he would have exerted some control and therefore acted in a different way we have the power to do this it takes a split second to soften ourselves physically to take a breath drop your shoulders just internalize what has been done before reacting when we relax ourselves we can deeply influence our minds because this will allow our thoughts to settle for a moment there will be an unveiling of the peaceful wisdom that lies beneath the rageful thoughts that we're having 
This is how one second can make all the difference between committing an act of violence and taking the better, more mature route, which is maintaining your composure. That event at the Oscars remind us of the immense power our thoughts can have over us if we allow them to. Angry thoughts are not always avoidable, but angry, potentially shameful actions are. It takes that split second for you to quickly internalize, analyze that situation before you jump to action. It will save you from a lot of damage, trust me. So the easy steps to control anger is one, recognize the onset of the anger, avoid an outburst like the one Will Smith had at the Oscars, and deal with the underlying issues. Those three pointers are extremely important to helping you control your anger. Think of anger as a physiological or a psychological thing. Monitor your body for any physical reactions. Watch out for emotional signs, the feelings of frustration, embarrassment, and so on and so forth. Be aware of what your triggers are in as much as anger is concerned. How do you avoid those triggers that you identify? Reframe those triggers. How would you act differently in case the same situation replayed itself? Always be alert to feel when your response to something is escalating. Use progressive muscle relaxation. I talked about dropping your shoulders, especially when you feel like now this is getting somewhere. I feel like I'm probably gonna react. I might bang a door. I might throw something at somebody. Drop your shoulders. Practice a delay in responding. Change the scenery. You need to take a walk to get you away from an otherwise ugly situation. Then do it. There are people who like to find humor in the situation. There are others like me who probably will take a meditation break to just get to think about the situation. What happened? What role did I play? How can I reverse these things moving forward? Get plenty of exercise and sleep, right? If you need to participate in an anger management program, then it might be time to seek help. Other things you can do when you're angry, I mean, avoid swearing, focus more on yourself, focus inwardly. It's something that I practice a lot, especially when I feel like, you know, anger is getting the best of me. Exhale longer than you inhale. Exercise vigorously. It's a good and it's a safe way to vent. Catch your negative thoughts early. Reach out for support if you need to. If you want, you can draw your feelings on paper. Examine beliefs that don't work. What are some of those things that trigger you to a point that you're, you're actually about to fuck up? And I mean, they don't work. How do you reverse that? Take silent walks. Let yourself have a good cry. It's something I also like to do. Have a good cry. Admit it to yourself when you're feeling hurt. You could acknowledge it to yourself and you can also let the person you're dealing with probably depending on what relations you have with them you can let them know time out is very important because it helps avoid outbursts avoid driving or drinking or doing drugs especially after a spat of anger check out all the assumptions avoid making assumptions when you're angry 
practice meditation. And on this podcast, I have one guided meditation, which is also really good for relaxation. You could try that out when you get angry. Focus on the present moment. There are people that love to write in a journal or to journal to express the feelings of being upset. Last but not least, do not get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I call it HALT, H-A-L-T. With these few pointers, you will be able to assess your anger levels. You're going to start thinking about things that trigger you to get angry and how to avoid making a situation worse than it is. There is a verse in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verses 26 to 27. This verse talks about anger and I'm going to read. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Every time somebody is getting your anger or getting you on edge, step back for a bit before you do something nasty. Just think about it. And you will find that over time, you are going to be in situations where you have avoided a lot of damage, especially when you're angry. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Goodbye. Hello, guys. Welcome to Cat's Hub Central, and I am your host, Kat. In today's session, I'd like us to talk a bit about how to control our anger. And what is anger? It's that very strong feeling of displeasure, of being annoyed at something that's done to you by somebody else, by a party, by a group of people. But it's that feeling where you are extremely annoyed because of probably an insult, an injury, or an injustice committed towards you. And when you're angry, several things happen physically, emotionally, and behavior-wise. You're going to easily, or somebody else can easily tell that you actually are angry. Let's start with the physical. When you're angry, how does your body feel? You feel muscle tension. There will be rapid heartbeat. You will clench your jaw. There's shallow breathing. You're sweating. There's a dry mouth. Or you'll instantly just develop a headache. Some of us shake. I actually am one of those people who shake when I'm angry. It's very rare that I'll get angry. I try to keep it in check. But a lot of the times when I'm not able to control it, and depending on how triggered I am by whatever has happened, I immediately begin to shake. (laughs) Yes, but I'm one of the shakers, so to say. Then the emotional signs, you start feeling irritable, you get annoyed, you're confused. Sometimes you feel numb, hurt, you're afraid, you feel helpless, you feel sad, you're embarrassed. You start taking things personally. You easily get offended and you feel taken advantage of. Behavior-wise, 
you might decide to do several things when you're angry, a lot of which are under your control, but depending again on what's been done to you or what triggers you, then you might find yourself doing things you probably wouldn't expect to do. You'll be pacing up and down. Take a beer open and start drinking it. You'll light up and start smoking or use other substances. You'll start swearing. You'll start hitting and throwing things around or at people, slamming doors, all that kind of thing. It's projection from the anger. And I'll say this, anger is a very valid emotion. The only thing that makes it bad is when it takes control of you and makes you do things you would otherwise never imagine doing. So it's okay to feel angry. But what you choose to do with the anger is what matters. We need to feel it. We need to process it. But we also need to be very careful what we do with the anger inside of us. Think about or picture an iceberg, which is a large piece of ice that's found floating in the open ocean. What you see on the surface is misleading or can be misleading because most of the iceberg is actually hidden below the water. And that's how anger works. Often when we're angry, there are other emotions hidden under the surface. So I compare anger to the iceberg. Still waters run deep. So whatever happens on the upper side is just a fraction of what's going on below the surface. It's embarrassment. It's feeling scared. It's grieving. It's the feeling of being overwhelmed, shame, feeling tricked, feeling frustrated, distrustful, feeling attacked and trapped, feeling guilty, trauma, getting annoyed, feeling disrespected, disappointed, uncomfortable, having thoughts of regret or feelings of regret, depression, disgust, grumpiness, stress, rejection, nervousness, helplessness, anxiousness, exhaustion, unsure about a lot of things, you're envious, you feel lonely, offended, insecure, you're hurt, you're worried, and so on and so forth. Are you the kind of person who likes to just go mute when you get angry? Let me tell you something. Expressing your anger is a very good thing. And we all have different ways in which we express how we feel inside. Holding it within yourself sometimes doesn't help. Personally, at one point in my life, I felt like when I'm angry and I go quiet, it's, it's much better. But what actually goes on on the inside is the same situation of the iceberg I was talking about. You appear calm to people, but what's going on inside of you can literally blow up into a big volcano and you overthink a lot also when you hold these feelings inside your anger will help you to say no to the things you don't want to do listen firmly but kindly when you hold on to your anger sometimes you feel sick because you'll be overthinking half the time so you will or you might develop psychological and physical illnesses that are mostly related to what's going on inside you. Every episode of anger teaches you a lesson or two that you can turn that anger 
into a passion which will carry you towards your goals. The other thing is these negative emotions, they are part of our human experience. We cannot avoid them absolutely. I said earlier that anger is a valid emotion. So we are supposed to feel these negative emotions because sometimes they propel us to take action. But we need to, as humans, experience this. And once we feel the emotions, then we're able to act upon them. We'll be able to become better people when we can decide how we're going to deal with our episodes of anger. So these are some of the reasons I feel expressing anger is a good thing. How do we control, how do we master emotional control so that it will save us the pain in the future? And I'm going to share a very practical example. During the Oscars, we saw an unfortunate display of a man's uncontrolled anger. I'm talking about Will Smith. He failed to take control despite the emotions that he was feeling. And he suffered the consequences of an act that felt like a smack in the face. As human beings, we struggle a lot with our emotions. And it's since the dawn of time. And the reason we struggle is because sometimes we do not understand how emotions work. So the first step to managing our emotions is in trying to understand them. I saw a life-changing quote on Instagram a while back. Your feelings reflect your thoughts. If you think of a sad thought, you will feel the emotional experience of that sad thought. And you can try it if you'd like. Think of something sad that is very close to your heart. You start feeling sadness, a heaviness in the chest, and that's the feeling we're talking about. So thoughts are feelings. They are two sides of one coin. Going back to Chris Rock at the Oscars, when he made the joke, Will envisioned the injustice of this joke in his mind. He had his own interpretation of that joke that Chris Rock made. It's always the interpretation that is created in our thoughts. Will's thought at that moment, before he ran on the stage, was probably something like, Chris just made me look small in public. He needs to be punished. And without thinking twice about it, he stood up, went to the stage, and created that physical response that, that we saw. It was pure rage. And that rage is what fed, fed into his decision to hit Chris Rock live on television. The problem here was that Will took his own thinking too seriously and made him to make that mistake. And this is why we get into trouble. When we buy into the validity of our thoughts, in the feelings created by the thoughts, then, I mean, that is definitely bound to happen. And we cannot forget that thoughts are mere approximations. They are self-created. They are lies because we create them in our minds. We convince ourselves that this is what this person meant. We create tremendous suffering for ourselves by living in our own constructed realities that others do not share. I believe Chris Rock probably had a way this joke was supposed to be, but from the way Will translated it, interpreted it in his mind, 
then made him react the way he did. Emotions are simply indications of the state of our minds at that moment. Whenever you feel angry, just remember that it means you're holding on to an angry thought. If you feel low, your body is telling you to quit thinking like this. Get out. Be assertive. What Chris Rock said may have been disrespectful. If Will Smith slowed down and seen that he was a victim of his thoughts, he would have exerted some control and therefore acted in a different way. We have the power to do this. It takes a split second to soften ourselves physically, to take a breath, drop your shoulders. Just internalize what has been done before reacting. When we relax ourselves, we can deeply influence our minds because this will allow our thoughts to settle for a moment. There will be an unveiling of the peaceful wisdom that lies beneath the rageful thoughts that we're having. This is how one second can make all the difference between committing an act of violence and taking the better, more mature route, which is maintaining your composure. That event at the Oscars remind us of the immense power our thoughts can have over us if we allow them to. Angry thoughts are not always avoidable, but angry, potentially shameful actions are. It takes that split second for you to quickly internalize, analyze that situation before you jump to action. It will save you from a lot of damage, trust me. So the easy steps to control anger is one, recognize the onset of the anger, avoid an outburst like the one Will Smith had at the Oscars, and deal with the underlying issues. Those three pointers are extremely important to helping you control your anger. Think of anger as a physiological or a psychological thing. Monitor your body for any physical reactions. Watch out for emotional signs, the feelings of frustration, embarrassment, and so on and so forth. Be aware of what your triggers are in as much as anger is concerned. How do you avoid those triggers that you identify? Reframe those triggers. How would you act differently in case the same situation replayed itself? Always be alert to feel when your response to something is escalating. Use progressive muscle relaxation. I talked about dropping your shoulders, especially when you feel like now this is getting somewhere. I feel like I'm probably gonna react. I might bang a door. I might throw something at somebody. Drop your shoulders. Practice a delay in responding. Change the scenery. You need to take a walk to get you away from an otherwise ugly situation, then do it. There are people who like to find humor in the situation. There are others like me who probably will take a meditation break to just get to think about the situation. What happened? What role did I play? How can I reverse this things moving forward? Get plenty of exercise and sleep, right? If you need to participate in an anger management program, then it might be time to seek help. Other things you can do when you're angry, I mean, avoid swearing, 
focus more on yourself focus inwardly it's something that i practice a lot especially when i feel like you know anger is getting the best of me exhale longer than you inhale exercise vigorously it's a good and it's a safe way to vent catch your negative thoughts early reach out for support if you need to if you want you can draw your feelings on paper examine beliefs that don't work what are some of those things that trigger you to a point that you're you're actually about to fuck up and i mean they don't work how do you reverse that take silent walks let yourself have a good cry it's something i also like to do have a good cry admit it to yourself when you're feeling hurt you could acknowledge it to yourself and you can also let the person you're dealing with probably depending on what relations you have with them you can let them know time out is very important because it helps avoid outbursts avoid driving or drinking or doing drugs especially after a spat of anger check out all the assumptions avoid making assumptions when you're angry practice meditation and on this podcast i have one guided meditation which is also really good for relaxation you could try that out when you get angry focus on the present moment there are people that love to write in a journal or to journal to express the feelings of being upset last but not least do not get too hungry angry lonely or tired i call it halt h a l t is with this few pointers you will be able to assess your anger levels you're going to start thinking about things that trigger you to get angry and how to avoid making a situation worse than it is there is a verse in the book of ephesians chapter 4 verses 26 to 27 This verse talks about anger and I'm going to read Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Every time somebody is getting your anger or getting you on edge, step back for a bit before you do something nasty. Just think about it. And you will find that over time you are going to be in situations where you have avoided a lot of damage especially when you're angry thank you so much guys for listening goodbye